Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Dwayne. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad you come out this morning. And isn't it ironic that in this world we live in, we can be connected 24-7 through all our devices, through all the social media, and yet we can still be very alone and very isolated and very disconnected. Oftentimes, our relationships are only screen deep. And according to a 2015 study published by the American Association for Psychological Science, they said disconnection and loneliness is deadly. It's a better predictor of early death than obesity. It has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day because it leads to depression and suicide, cardiovascular disease and stroke, and increased stress levels. So being disconnected can be deadly. Other studies show that two-thirds of people always or sometimes feel like the people around them are not really with them. Maybe they're on their phones, right? Not really with them, and that no one really knows them well. Pastor Rick Warren said the number one epidemic in our society today is loneliness. He said, I talk to thousands of people. I see lots of lonely people in this world. They feel alone and they feel disconnected. And it's such an important subject. I hope you'll follow along and take some notes. There's an outline in your program because we have to talk about this. When you're disconnected, there's nothing worse in life than when bad things happen, when life hits and you're disconnected. You have no one to stand with you. This idea of being disconnected, you feel detached, you feel disengaged, de-energized, and demotivated. When you're disconnected, you don't know your purpose. Why do you even exist? Why do you get up and go to work in the morning or do whatever you do? You kind of lose your passion about life. And when you're disconnected, you're vulnerable and unprotected. Now, I got a question. Anybody here like to do puzzles? Let's see some hands. Who likes to do puzzles? So, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but our, our uh, family ministries pastor, Mike Mason, he likes to do puzzles. He's in Florida this weekend visiting his parents, so I snooped around his office this week, and I, I found his favorite puzzle, the Disney Princess puzzle. Big pieces. This, he does this in his office when he's stressed. And, uh, you know, the thing about puzzles, very interesting. They're a fun, fun thing to do. Whenever I go to visit my parents in Arizona, my dad, he always has like a thousand-piece puzzle spread out on the table. And one of the things about puzzles, they're expensive. A good puzzle is expensive. I don't know if you ever bought a brand new puzzle. So my mom is the thrift store queen. And so she gets all kind of puzzles for my dad at the thrift store for like a quarter or 50 cents. And it makes the puzzle even more exciting to get it all together because you're waiting to the end to see if all the pieces are there, right? You don't know. Is that, it's just so disappointing when there's one piece missing. And you know, my, my parents will take a picture of all the puzzles they do. My mom will wrap it back up. If there's any pieces missing, she writes it on the box and she donates it back to Goodwill. I mean, can you believe that? But you know, there's nothing worse than finishing a puzzle and you're missing a piece. Then a few weeks after you've donated the puzzle, you find the piece. <laughs> I mean, you ever found a piece after you gave the puzzle? Like, what are you going to do with it now? You already gave it away to some other sucker, right? So what are you going to do with that piece, that missing piece? It's useless now. You have nothing to do. You just, oh, so sad. They'll never have the princess's face. And you have to just, you know, recycle it or whatever you do with used puzzle pieces, right? It's so sad. And there's nothing sadder than when we go through life disconnected because that isn't God's purpose for that, for us. Now, before I move on, parents, I want to say a special word to you, especially parents. You know, I want to encourage you to fight to help your kids get connected in your church family. From an early age, help get your kids connected in kids ministry and student ministry. Encourage them to go. Bribe them to try it for six weeks. 
Don't encourage them to sit with you in the service. Do whatever you can to try to get them connected. And next week, Pastor Mike and uh, Becca, who lead our high school and junior high ministries, they have a student ministry parent meeting right after this service. So I hope if you have a junior high or a high school student, you'll connect with them because they want to help your students connect with other people in the church. It's so important. And write this down. This is why it matters. You were designed for connection. You were made for connection. The very beginning when God made man, he said it is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone, not to be like that missing jigsaw puzzle piece. It doesn't mean you have to be married. It means you need to have some people in your life that you're connected to, that know you, that you're sharing life with. And you and I were created as spiritual beings, and we were created for a relationship with God. So we crave connection with God. And you and I were made for a relationship with others. And we crave relationships. We're social beings. So what do you do when you feel disconnected? The first thing I'm going to urge you to do is deal with your disconnect. You've got to deal with it. I think we live in a world surrounded by people who are disconnected. And what do we do? When we know something's missing, it drives us to seek for answers or find something to numb that pain or fill that void of whatever it is that's missing in our life. And so often people turn to drug or alcohol abuse so they'll feel better. Or they get busier. They find more things to do. They work harder. And they ignore the root cause of their problem, whatever it is that's driving them. Our most critical disconnect is our disconnect with God. It affects everything about our lives. And the Bible says this. It says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Because of our sins, our choices, my decision to do my own thing and go my own way and disobey God, it separates me from God. It creates a disconnect, and it separates me and hurts my relationships with others. And so, you know, people who don't know Jesus, don't know God, they're disconnected. But, you know, believers can feel disconnected too because you get busy and God wants to connect with you, but you're just too busy to, to reach out, to connect, to be, be in a relationship with him. You're distracted. You get lazy, or maybe you get disappointed by God. We talked about that a few weeks ago when we talked about when you have unanswered prayers. And so you kind of say, well, God wasn't there for me. I'm not going to, why should I bother? And we get disconnected to God. And so often, you know, it's when we connect with God, he wants to lead us and be the Lord of our life. He wants to direct us, but we don't want to follow. We want the connection but we don't want the responsibility. We don't want to hold up our end. See, I think as people often, we want to feel God without following God. We want to feel connected without being directed by God. We want to do our own thing. We want to have it both ways. And so you got to deal with your disconnect. And if you're here and you don't have that relationship with Christ, number two, write this down. You need to accept Christ's invitation. You need to accept his invitation. Jesus invites us to connect with him. I love this verse in Revelation 3. Jesus said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Maybe you've felt God tugging on your heart at some point in your life. God knocking at your heart. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus said, if you'll just open the door and invite me to come in. You know, you admit, I'm disconnected. I'm a sinner. I messed up. Forgive me. Come in. Jesus, I need you. He'll come in and he'll eat with you. He'll eat. He'll, he, what he's saying is, in that Middle Eastern culture, sharing a meal together is so important. What do you do when you want to get together with a friend you haven't connected with in a long time? What do you, a lot of times you say, hey, let's get together and get a meal, right? There's something about sharing a meal together. He wants to come in and be a part and share life with you. Man, whether you don't know him or you're a believer and you're kind of disconnected from him right now, he wants to spend time with you. 
If you're here, maybe you have some questions about what does that really mean to have a, a relationship with Christ? Well, let me encourage you, next Sunday can make it any easier for you. Next week, you can come back at 11.15, a little one-hour class called Loving Christ Class. And I've had so many people go through that class with me and say, wow, that made it so clear. I never looked at it that way before. And you will share with you how you have that connection with God through Jesus Christ and answer any questions that we can that you have. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. And maybe you've been to that class or you've, you've kind of been trying to check things out for a while and you have some, some questions that just we can't answer in an hour. And you're, you're wondering if God really exists or why does a good God allow evil things to happen? And we have a group for you that... Um, is designed just to give you a chance to come get together and share a meal with some other people, ask questions. Uh, no, you can share whatever questions or doubts you have. There's no judgment. It's just a place to sit down and talk about these issues, and it's called our Alpha Group. I had a chance to be a part of a few Alpha Group meetings, and man, it's so, it's so engaging and people sharing their hearts and just sitting around a table sharing together. It's awesome. And maybe you have some questions or doubts. I encourage you to come to that. Or maybe you're, you're good, but you have some friends or family members that just can't believe what you believe. Let me encourage you to bring them to Alpha with you. You come with them. Share a meal together, watch a short video, and then you discuss it around your tables. You make some great friends and you'll wrestle with some important life questions. So it's coming up uh, starting in a week and a half on September 18th. The information is there for you on your outline. And we want you to get connected. God is all for you connecting. He wants you to connect. One of my favorite disciples in the Bible is Thomas because I can relate to Thomas. You remember Thomas? He wasn't there when Jesus first appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. So he didn't get to see the resurrected Jesus. And when his friends told him about, oh, we saw Jesus, he's back from the dead. He's like, I won't believe it unless I can see it and touch it. Maybe you got some friends like that. You got to prove it to them, right? And, and you know what? God didn't turn his back on Thomas. Jesus showed up a second time to all the disciples, but just basically to see Thomas. He said, Thomas, I heard, I heard you having a little trouble with some doubts and questions. Touch my hands. Put your hand in my side. It's okay to have doubts and questions. Jesus wants to connect, you, connect with you, so you've got to make the effort to get together and ask him. You need to do your part. See, write this down. Jesus is all about connection. You know, I think the Bible is all about relationships and connection. Look, what, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And love is more than just a feeling. It's an action, too. You have to show up. You have to express your love. You have to be connected to obey all, all the com these two commands that Jesus gave us. And do you know in the New Testament, 59 times we're commanded to do something for others. We call them the one another's. Things like carry each other's burdens, be kind and compassionate to one another, teach one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. How can we do that if we're disconnected? We need to connect with others. And at Crossroads, our vision is all about connection. We want to lead seekers to love Christ, to connect with him, to love others, and to live life on purpose, just like Jesus. See, we want to lead people into relationships, into connection, because that's what God designed us for. You know, uh, real quickly, I just remind you of the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector and, uh, during Jesus' day. And he was considered a traitor, a collaborator. He would, he would collect taxes from the Jews and give it to the hated Roman government. But not only that, he kind of had the freedom to charge people whatever he wanted so he could rip people off. 
So he had it all. He was successful. He had the money, but he was disconnected from God and from others. And so he heard that Jesus was coming to town. He was desperate to see Jesus. And so he went down to see Jesus, but he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. And the sad thing is, we don't, there's nobody with Zacchaeus. He's by himself. It would, like, it would be like going to this, a big concert that you've been looking forward to go to, and you go by yourself. I mean, you don't usually go to a concert by yourself. Here's Zacchaeus. He's by himself because he's disconnected. And Jesus sees him up in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. He's going to eat with him. He's going to fellowship with him. And Zacchaeus came down, and it says he, he met Jesus, and it changed his life. He said, oh, I'm not only going to give back what I stole. I'm going to give back four times what I took from people. It changed his relationships with God and others. And, of course, there were people who didn't like that Jesus was hanging out with Zacchaeus, so they started criticizing him and, oh, how could you hang out with this guy and associate with him? And look what Jesus said. He said, I came to seek and to save the lost, people who are disconnected. That's, that's why he came to earth. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to this earth to seek and to save you and me because the Bible says we've all sinned and we've all been disconnected from God. Jesus is all about connection. That's what his mission was about. So, so write this down. The power. I want to talk a minute about the power of connection. See, it changed Zacchaeus' life. And there's something about sharing life. God didn't design you and me to go through life alone. To share the, he wants us to share the ups and downs with others. Paul told, told us to do this. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And there's a saying, old saying, it says, a joy shared is multiplied. We share it with somebody else, but a sorrow shared is divided. And you think about that. I, I think it has very uh, truthful statement there about the power of connection. To be able to share your burdens with someone else makes it so much easier. I was trying to think of a, a way to explain this. You know, when I was a two-year missionary in Korea, after a year I had to leave the country to renew my visa. So I, I had to fly out of the country while the mission board renewed my visa. So me and a coworker, we flew to Singapore for a few days, and then we went to Thailand for like a week and a half. We had a fantastic trip. We saw so many amazing things. We got to see the king and waterfalls, rode an elephant, did all kinds of great stuff. It was, it was awesome. We go back to Korea, work another year. When it was time for me to leave, the mission board said, we'll give you the money for your ticket. You can add your own money to it and go wherever you want in the world. I said, when am I going to have that opportunity again? So for 50 more dollars, I could fly through Hong Kong and then go to Europe. And so I packed up a backpack, and I traveled around by myself for almost six weeks. And I went to a lot of different places. I saw so many things. I had a blast. But, you know, it wasn't as fun as going with a friend. And, and you know what else? I would move and stay at a new place every two or three days. I couldn't remember my way back to my place every time. I was always moving around different places. I would get lost. I said, man, it would be nice to have somebody else to help me find a way back. And uh, one time I, I, I was in uh, Germany. I was staying in this hostel, and they had signs everywhere. You know, we've been having a lot of problems with theft. Protect your property. Well, I want to go take a shower, but what do I do with all my, my stuff? Who's going to who watch my stuff? I didn't know anybody. Could I trust them? And then later that night, I'm in the room with three or four guys, and this guy says, hey, you want to read my comic books? That was a little scary right there, but you want to read my comic books? <laughs> I start reading his comic books, and there's some, some wacko stuff about how God hates the Jews and Roman Catholics, and we need to get on board as Christians. I'm like, whoa, I can't read these. And then he was mad at me. I was afraid of sleeping with one eye open. 
You know, it, it's a lot more fun to travel with someone else, to go through life with someone else and to try to do it by yourself. And it's also much safer to be connected when life hits. Solomon tells us this in Ecclesiastes. He says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back. Can you circle that? Who's got your back? Two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. You might underline that. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Three are better. And you know, uh, we think eight, 10, or 12 are better. That's why we meet in small groups. We feel like, man, if you can get together with some other people, build some friendships, share life together, enjoy life, and then you have support because we know life's going to hit. We support each other. It's so much better. Somebody to have your back, and you can stand and conquer. And I want to share with you someone's story. It's, it, their story's a little sensitive, so they're not ready to share it themselves in front of all of you, but, but I, I'm going to use a different name for my friend because they're a part of Crossroads, but I'm going to call my friend Harold, and I want to share a part of his story with you about how the power of connection changed his life. Harold's a friend of mine. He's a father and a husband and a professional living here in Silicon Valley. He's been attending Crossroads about four years. He has a good family and a strong faith, and people respect him, look up to him, think he's a nice guy, enjoy working with him. But he said from an early age, from about 11 years old, he got entangled uh, in pornography. And he said it, it became a 40-year addiction. And he said pornography was his escape from stress, and it distorted his relationships and he hid it from others. And as he grew and got older, he, he, he continued to use pornography as his escape. But as he, in his 20s, he started, God started tugging at his heart and began speaking to him through his grandmother. And so uh, along the way, he, he grew closer to God. He started reaching out, but he still had this, this secret in his life that he felt ashamed and he was hiding. He knew it affected his relationships with others, but he didn't know what to do about it. As life went on, he got married. He's in his 30s, and uh, he he's continues to grow in this in this connection or feeling drawn to God, but he wasn't attending church. And so one day someone from out of town came uh, to visit him and said, hey, I'd like to go to church. And so they went online, they looked at Yelp, and he said, let's try Crossroads Church. So just a little side note, maybe this week sometime, maybe you could write a review. How has God used Crossroads Church to help you? It's not just about promoting us, but God used that review to bring my friend here where he got experienced the power of connection. See, he started coming to church and after a year or two, he went outside on a day just like today. He went out to the life group fair, and he saw all these groups. And he didn't know where, he didn't have a clue, which group should I go to? He said, just standing around, like, felt kind of, you know, out of place. And someone came up to him and said, hey, you have a group. Would you like to check out my group? You know, never be afraid to invite somebody to join with you. You know, reach out. Can, he wound up going to that group. He became a faithful member. God continued to grow him. Eventually, he gave his heart to Christ, and he was baptized. Now he's feeling worse about his pornography problem. He can't talk. He built these relationships. He felt loved and supported. But Harold couldn't talk about this problem in his life. And he was listening to something. I mean, he tried everything. He tried all the, the tech, tech uh, blockers to block porn and stuff. But he would still, in moments of desperation, he would get around it. And he was listening to a podcast, and somebody said, you know, when you have a secret like this, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to, you have to share it with somebody. And he, he made an appointment, and he said, it took me three months and many tears of despair to reach the courage to approach Dwayne. He kindly received my admission of my porn addiction. I felt so much relief during our talk. The fear of rejection and embarrassment was totally unnecessary. And then Dwayne connected me with an accountability partner 
And that was the beginning of the end of my addiction. He said, I worked with my accountability partner to learn about the effects of porn and strategies to remove it from my life. I eventually lacked the urges to view porn. I'm 100% certain the Lord saw the work I was doing and connecting with others to, to rid myself of porn and help to transform my heart. And he said, since that, since that time, he said, my life has gotten so much better. My relationship with my wife is better. My relationship with my kids. And then Harold says this, I sincerely want to support others that are struggling with porn. I can relate to so many of the experiences that hold someone hostage with pornography, including the deceptive behaviors. The freedom I am now experiencing from porn porn is available for anyone and everyone. There was a time I felt it was impossible, but all things are possible with Jesus Christ. It starts with connecting with someone to admit the struggle. Man, someone who was disconnected, had this secret, was affecting his relationships, and he reached out, he took a risk, he got connected, he, he got connected with someone else who could understand his struggle, who helped him begin to deal with it and overcome it. And now when he has temptations, he has skills and tools to deal with it. And now he wants to help you connect. He wants to help you deal with this. And so if you'd like to connect with him, I put a number there on your outline, an email address, or just for this, just just for this issue. But if you lose this and forget how to connect with Harold, you can reach out to me. Just my my email address, Dwayne, at visitcrossroads.church. But do you see the power of connection 40 years. He couldn't beat it by himself, but he got connected with some, someone else. He got connected with someone else who understood his struggle, who, who helped share and, and, and share that burden, helped him fight it. And you know, men aren't the only ones who struggle with these types of issues, lust and pornography. Women struggle too. I'm so glad we have some Celebrate Recovery groups for men and women at our church. You can connect with them on the patio after the service or sign up online. Don't miss the power of connection. Paul said this, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. We need each other. It's hard to stay encouraged. And I, maybe it's just me. I have a hard time staying encouraged in the world today. I, anybody else with me? Anybody else have problems staying encouraged? It's hard to do it by yourself. You need somebody else around you to encourage you, to help you stay in the fight, to believe in you, to remind you that God's in control, even when it feels like the world is in chaos. You've got to stay connected. And God gives us three, three pictures, beautiful pictures of the church in, in the New Testament. He gives us three beautiful pictures, and they're all about connections. One of the pictures is a family, all the connections. One of the pictures is a body, and then he gives the picture of a building. You know, building is one of these important pictures of the church in the Bible. All the parts connected together to form something special, to support each other, to hold each other. You know, if I go down to Home Depot with a credit card and I buy a bunch of beams and concrete and screws and nails and windows, it's pretty useless because I don't know how to put it all together right. You know what I mean? You got this, I'm going to have a pile of stuff in my yard. My wife's going to be saying, what are you doing with all that stuff? Get it out of here. You know, maybe another way you could picture it is Legos. Any, anybody here like to play with Legos? Maybe you didn't like puzzles. If you don't like puzzles or Legos, you, you need to get some. Anybody like Legos? Okay, just a few people, all right. Just a few of you play with Legos. I used to play with Legos with my kids. And they're designed to connect. And Pastor Rick Warren said this. He said, if you connect Legos together, you can build all kinds of great things. But if you never connect them to each other, they're just a pile of plastic. They're worthless. You're God's Lego. Now, we got a lot of Legos in my house. And when my kids were younger, sometimes there would be a Lego piece like this just laying around on the carpet. 
Now, when there's one Lego piece, that's a landmine. That's just a disaster waiting to happen. Because sooner or later, I step on it in my socked feet with my 200-plus pounds, all of my weight on that Lego. Man, that's all I can do to keep from cussing. I'm just going to be honest. Get this thing out of here. And sometimes the kids would leave a pile. You'd see a pile of Legos, right? You're like, what a mess. Who left this here? Somebody clean this up. I mean, there's a lot of potential there, but nobody's doing anything with it. But it's amazing when, with a little work and planning what you can do with Legos. Can you believe this is made out of Legos? I mean, I've been to Legoland. We took the kids there. They got this whole, like, a few blocks of these massive structures made out of Legos. And it's just amazing. And that's what God designed the church to be, a place where you and I get connected, where we can do something amazing together. We can't do it apart. When you're not connected with others, life might be going good right now, but as soon as something hits, you're not going to be stable. You're not going to be able to go through that storm on your own. You've got to be connected. God designed us for that. So maybe you're with me. What's it going to take? What do I got to do to get connected in the, the family? Well, number three, You've got to invest. You've got to invest to connect. You've got to make some effort. You've got to put something in the game. You've got to get involved. You've got to take some steps. You've got to take some initiative. Now, we, we encourage you all the time, spend daily time with God. Spend some time to connect with God. Read his word and pray so that you can walk with God and be well-connected to him. We, we, we know it's important to show up at the weekend services where we kind of get together. It's almost like a big... A big uh, team rally, we all get together and we worship God together and we remind you why we're here. But man, just coming to the service is not enough to be well connected. You've got to get into a group. And I'm going to challenge you after the service today, if you're not in a group, walk outside. We couldn't make it any easier for you. Walk right outside on the patio. We've got 40 plus groups. We've got all the leaders over there. Go talk to them. Ask them about their groups. Take a risk. You've got to invest. You've got to get involved. Hebrews tells us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. You've got to show up. You've got to make faithful, steady investments. You can't just show up when it's convenient or when you feel like it. I know some of you super, super busy. Find a place or a time that works for you. Get in a group. If it's not a group that meets during a time you can meet, start one. Someone's talking to me about starting a group at their workplace at lunch. Start a group somewhere, but get connected. It's going to help you to hold on. And the truth is, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it for you. Connecting costs. Connecting costs. You got to give up something to get, okay? The returns are incredible, but connecting is going to cost you. You're going to have to humble yourself and say, I need some other people in my life. You're going to have to say, I, I've got to sacrifice something else in my life so I have the time to go to a group. I've got to make a little effort. And yeah, you've got to take a little risk. Because I know another thing that holds people back from going to a group, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if they'll like me. I don't know if they'll accept me. Let me tell you, those group leaders, they're just dying for some new people to come into their group. Don't worry if they all already know each other real well and been meeting. Don't worry about that. They're tired of hearing the same old stories. They want to hear your story, okay? They love to have some fresh life in their group. They'll be like, clap. So they want you to come. They want you to get connected. That's why they make the sacrifice. Don't worry if you go to a group, people are going to think you're, you're weak and dysfunctional. You are. <laughs> we all are. We're weak and dysfunctional. We need each other, okay? I mean, let's be honest. None of us can make it on our own. We need people. But don't wait till you're in trouble to get into a group. Invest now. 
Trust the process. Maybe you've been to a group before and it didn't work out real good for you. Well, <clears throat> was it, it could have been because you didn't show up very often. If you just show up once or twice a month, it's probably not going to really work for you. You've got to be consistent. Maybe you went to a group, honestly, it wasn't a good fit for you. That's okay. Go try another group. Don't try one and then give up. Try it. Try it a few weeks, and then if it's not working, talk to someone and find a group and try another group. You know, Paul was in prison, and one of the ways Paul kept himself encouraged and wrote these amazing letters when he was in prison, not Pastor Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I have to be careful. Paul was gone six months. He wasn't in prison, all right? So, so, sorry about that, Paul. Uh, Paul was in prison, and... Uh, you know, he had some friends, and the way it worked in, your friends could come and visit with you and, and care for you, bring you food and stuff. But his friends had to go to take care of different needs, go to visit some churches that were struggling. He sent them out. But he had one friend. See, he had one friend he could really count on, and he was desperate for his friend, Timothy. He said, Timothy, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. See, his last friend that was there hanging there to keep him company and encouraging, he left not because he had a good reason to leave, but because he loved the things of this life more. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of good things in life. I mean, food, sports, family, travel, all those things are good. Your kids' activities, all those things are good, but they're not what's best. And Paul said, man, don't love the things of this life more than God and staying connected to his people. Keep things in the right place. Don't let the things of this world become what you're living for. Your family's important. Your friends are important. Your work is important. But don't live for those things. They're not going to satisfy your need for connection if it's not based in a relationship with God. And he said, Demas, he deserted me. And you know, in the church today, it's a problem because so many people, they are distracted by the things of this world and they get pulled away. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell you, don't be a Demas, Okay. Now, I wanted to add an S to his name. Don't be a Demas. You, you pronounce that out in your head for yourself, all right? Don't be a Demas. Don't disappear because you love the things of this world more. You, you need to be here. You need to invest. You need to be connected. I love you. I want what's best for you. I don't want you to miss out. I've seen it time and time again as a pastor for over 35 years. People get disconnected and then life hits and they have no stability. They have nothing to help them. And I'm begging you, invest. Take a risk. Carve out the time. Connecting costs, but failing to connect will cost you more. Look what Solomon said. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Can you underline that phrase? Man, that's God's warning. God's warning to you. Don't miss out. Now, I, I pulled a few warnings for you. If we could put those up, I, I jumped ahead a little bit. But, man, there's warnings all in life that we just choose to ignore sometimes. Let's, let's, man, that's a warning right there. <laughs> now, whichever order you put those in, it's going to lead to trouble, okay? That's a warning. Let's see the next one. So the next one's kind of a kind of... I'll, <laughs> Whoever stole their AC units, keep one. It is hot where you're going. <laughs> see, the see the next uh, slide. Oh, this is a more kind one. Win a free ride in a police car just by shoplifting from this store. Let's see the next one. Oh, please do not leave drinks unattended. The cat is that. We had to cover up that word, but 
It's a warning. You don't want your drink spilled? Put it away. And then I like this last one. All you parents, uh, you've been warned, okay? This is from our children's ministry department. Man, God is warning you today. God is warning you, don't be disconnected. Man, we're, we're doing everything we can to make it easy for you to connect. You got the, the, web, the, the web link right there is on your program. You can go outside. You can connect. You can write it on your card. You want to sign up for a certain group. It couldn't be much easier, but we can't do it for you. And you've got to connect because life is going to hit. Paul said this, our last verse. He said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Can you underline that phrase? Are you sowing connections in your life? Not just for your sake, but for the sake of others? Or are you just living a disconnected life? Because I'm telling you, it's not, it's not going to work. And sooner or later, you're going to fall. Paul said, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Would you pray with me? Maybe you're here today and you're disconnected from God. And you don't know quite how to connect, but just in your own words, just tell God in your heart right now, God, I want to be connected with you. I need you. I love you. Help me to understand. Help me to get it. Best I can, I put my faith in Jesus that he died for me on the cross and paid the penalty for my sins. Maybe you're here. You're, you're connected. You have a relationship with God, but it's not much of a relationship. You're you're feeling like, why do I even bother? Why do I show up? And maybe the truth is you just haven't gotten connected. You're not connected to God's people who will encourage you. And just talk to God about that, to put you in the right group, the right place. God, we thank you so much. Jesus, we thank you that when you, we were disconnected from you because of our sins, because of our mistakes, and you never gave up on us. But Jesus, you came to this earth to seek and to save those of us who are lost and disconnected so we could be restored to a relationship with you. Help us not to take that for granted. God, help us to invest. Help us to, help us to really get it from our head to our heart that we know living for you and connecting with you and connecting with your people is what we all need. Help us not to be distracted by the love of things of this world, God. We need your help. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.